Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. 104.7 The Cave. Mikey Intern once again doing our technology thing with Ned Reynolds this morning. They cannot keep us apart. we got a lot of sports to talk about today, that is for sure. Biggest thing on the agenda, though, is who is getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame, Ned? Not surprisingly, only one. And that one is Big Poppy, David Ortiz from the Boston Red Sox. He was elected on the first ballot, and that is, that's very, very good. But what isn't very good is the likes of Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds and Kurt Schilling, because this was their final year of eligibility on the first go-round. And that's, it's really interesting the way this works. Those guys aren't necessarily shut out of the Hall of Fame, but they now go to what's called the everyday committee there's several committees one is the golden days committee the other is the everyday committee they t- take a look at ball players from 1986 to about 2006 somewhere around there and that's an era in which those players obviously quite excelled so they may still get it not this year but they may get in at a later date the only one going in this year from the, the uh, baseball writers it's David Ortiz, Big Poppy, Boston Red Sox, great career, 20 years in baseball, 14 with the Red Sox, a 10-time All-Star, a three-time World Series champion, a seven-time Silver Slugger Award. He holds the Red Sox single-season record for home runs at 54 in 2006, and a really popular figure in Boston. So he will be inducted, of course, with those from the Golden Age Committee, the Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, and Buck O'Neill and people of that caliber, they will all be inducted as well. But David Ortiz from the baseball writers this year. That's a pretty cool thing, but uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, especially Barry and Roger not getting in? Do you think their past probably had something to do with that? Oh, it had had everything to do with it. It, The fact that they were tainted by the the uh, performance-enhancing drugs, the PEDs, but the, what bothers me about it is these guys contributed. They were big-time players. Come on, Don's a all-time home run hitting champion, 762. Uh, Roger Clemens, one of the great pitchers. Schilling was a great pitcher in his own right. Schilling is more a contentious uh, go-round with the media. But the other two are performance-enhancing runs. But, but Mike, when they took it, it was not illegal. So, indeed, I think there's... I think there's room for them to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not as anti as the baseball writers are. Well, and I think, you know, sports in general kind of has a, I don't know, they they're, they can be very hypocritical because they will not hesitate to use Roger and Barry in promos and to sell their brand because they're superstars. But when it comes to putting him into the Hall of Fame, that's a different story. It's kind of like what happened with Tyreek Hill. He got fined for taking, you know, the pom-poms and doing the dance on the inside of the end zone. But you know what? The NFL's using that video in their promos. So they're going to find him, but then they're going to use it for their own product, which I think is extremely hypocritical. Baseball does the same thing, but you know what? We're not the ones in charge. It's just our opinions. Speaking of opinions, the opinions uh, getting a little bit easier on each other as far as the baseball owners and players and the contract talks on day two go. Well, after Monday, we thought pretty well, but after Tuesday, the progress of the McKinney was very limited. The arguments, of course, are still based on money and who gets what. And hey, look, 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 there's always going to be give and take. And these two sides don't need to be told that. They know that. Give and take, back and forth. 
You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But the fact is, the Major League Baseball audience is decreasing. And this kind of acrimony is not helping any at all. They know that. They know that. Do they really care? Well, we're about to find out because their time for getting this contract solved and still having spring training in a 2022 season, that time's getting limited. How much time are we talking about here? Well, the spring training is supposed to open on February 16th. So they really need to get something signed before then because you have the foreign players and their visas all to check and you have the COVID protocol to go through and so forth and so on. So it really does need to get settled here within the next two or three weeks. Of course, after that, then you're going to see a delay. Now, as far as spring training is concerned, I've had a conversation with John Rooney of the Cardinals about two or three weeks ago when he was down here. And he said, Reynolds, my first couple of weeks of spring training, they don't really need that. But they do need, they do need about a little bit less than a month to get all set to go and have at least a productive major league season. That's what they're looking for. That's what they have to have. And I'm sure these two sides know that, but they've got to leave their egos at the door. Hopefully they can do that. My other question is, even though the owners have, you know, locked up the stadiums and they can't get into the facilities, nothing is to say they can't do what we're doing right now and have Zoom conversations. You think some teams and managers, players and managers are getting on on the Internet together and talking, talking shop right now while this thing's going on? No. If they're found out to have done that, there's a big fine forthcoming. They are prohibited by Major League Baseball from having any conversation along these lines. Is it, is it really effective? That I don't know. I'm not in the loop. But by the same token, if they're caught doing that, <laughs> going to pay some money. <laughs> it's a good thing Bill Belichick isn't in baseball, you know, because I guarantee you he'd be doing it right now oh, if they yes. were. Um, speaking of football, uh, some pretty big news for Saints fans yesterday. They're losing their longtime coach, Sean Payton, walking away from the game. Your thoughts on that, sir? Well, a little bit surprised, but then uh, after hearing him talk, uh, not surprised at all. He said he lost his focus. He's been with them for 15 years, 15 seasons, the Super Bowl in 2010 and the Super Bowl championship. Of course, they've also had their problems, too. They had Bounty Gate and all these sorts of things under the watch of Sean Payton. But you can understand this, the pressures of being a pro football coach and that level of competition, that can catch up with you, and it has. He says he needs some rest, needs some time off, did not say that he would not coach again. I suspect he will, because Sean Payton's uh, still a relatively young man, late 50s. <laughs> this will really brand us. Art Haynes and I, when we were doing the Bears football games, he was quarterback for Eastern Illinois in a season, two seasons that we, uh, that Eastern Illinois was in the Bears conference back in the mid-1980s. Gosh, you think that makes us feel young? <laughs> I'm sure Art loves you talking about that right now. Yeah, I know he does. <laughs> Sorry, Art. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, you're right. All that, uh, I do think that Peyton does get back into football, but it may not be this year nor next. We'll see what happens. How'd the Missouri State Bears do in their basketball game yesterday? Well, from the sublime to the ridiculous for the Bears, sublime being their win over Loyola on Saturday, ridiculous how they can lose to Indiana State, I'll never tell you. But they did. Indiana State beat the Bears last night, 76-72. to 72. It was lost. The game was really lost in the first half. The Bears trailed 41-29 to 29 at halftime. And Missouri State's a really, really good shooting basketball team. They had something of an off night. 
They didn't shoot very well. Ended up shooting a little over 40% for the game, but of all things, the Bears lost it from three-point range. Missouri State had just a very limited night in uh, shooting successful trays. They had seven trays in 29 attempts. Indiana State had 14 successful trays in 27 attempts. And their overall shooting a little bit better. The Bears made a gallant run. Isaiah Mosley leading the charge as you would have expected, but it wasn't enough. And Indiana State wins 76-72. This is only Indiana State's second Missouri Valley Conference win of the year. And boy, that hurts. That hurts the Bears after such a big win. Missouri State does return home. They'll play Evansville on Saturday night, JQH Arena. Season's still young. Lots can happen, but that's a tough loss. There's too many of those so far, though, where we're going to be looking back at the end of the season going, man, they could have been a lot different had these couple of games been different. And this is definitely one of them. Had high hopes on that one. Um, I did not really have a lot of hopes that the Missouri uh, Tigers were going to handle business against Auburn. Was that the case last night? <laughs> Almost did. <laughs> here, here is Auburn historic because it's the first time in Auburn history in history. Keep in mind now, Charles Barkley played at Auburn, a great star, but Auburn was never number one in America until Monday when the Associated Press, which is the gold standard for athletic ratings, uh, listed Auburn as number one. So Bruce Pearl, his first game as number one, comes up to Columbia and almost does not escape. Missouri, which is having an up and down year, battled Auburn all the way, played very good defense, but in the in the end, it, Auburn won it 55 to 54 over Missouri. And it was uh, a really good effort by Council Martinsteen. He can't hang his head over this. He gave number one a big battle, and who knows what might happen later on in about a month and a half when the Southeastern Conference postseason tournament gets underway and the selections come out. I don't think Missouri's going to be there, but where will Auburn be in the same league with Kentucky and LSU and Florida and Texas A&M and some very good teams? Really interesting. They are a good team. I agree with that 110%. And uh, when the field is that wide open at the end of February, March, that's when the madness happens. That's why we call it the madness, my man. <laughs> so, Ned, let me ask you a question. If you and I were drinking together and we're watching a football game and I looked at you and I said, Ned, I'll give you $1,000 to run out on that field. You're probably going to get arrested. You're probably going to go to jail. You're probably not going to be able to come back into the stadium again. Would you do it? Hell no. $1,000? So how much money would it take for get for me to get Ned Reynolds to go streak on that field? Well, there wouldn't be enough evidence to make it worthwhile. <laughs> Attempted humor there. <laughs> well, that's uh, a little bit different than uh, what happened in Kansas City on Sunday. Video surfaced of a uh, kid on TikTok, basically that fan that ran out on the field and then Diggs tackled. Um, right before that happened, there's a video of him in the stands. His buddy goes, I'll give you $1,000 to go out onto that field. And he says, what, spend the night in the drunk tank, 1000 bucks?" And then in the next thing you know, he runs out onto the field and gets clobbered. Yeah, he um, did. He got uh, Stefan Diggs did not uh, take to that at all, and he leveled this guy. However, Mike, about 30 years ago, 30, 35 years ago, they were the Baltimore Colts back then. They were playing a game, and the guy ran on the field that Mike Curtis of the Baltimore Colts, <clears throat> one of the excuse me, say, <clears throat> one of the uh, fiercest linebackers in the NFL. 
<laughs> broke out of the huddle, and I mean, he hit this guy so doggone hard, the guy got up and wobbled away because he was also drunk. But by the same token, you don't want to fool around. That, that, that's, that's lunacy to be doing something like that, for heaven's sake. And, and what's it going to gain you? Well, in this case, he's a 20-year-old guy from Grandview up uh, in the Kansas City area. <clears throat> and his objective was to steal the ball. He's a big uh, Travis Kelsey fan. Anyway, what's going to face him is a court date in late February. He could be fined as much as $500, and he also could spend six months in the Iron Bar hotel room. I, I have a feeling that with the jails being really overcrowded as they are, he'll probably get just a $500 fine, but that's still a pretty substantial amount, and the bruises from Stefan Diggs hitting him. <laughs> um, is the league going to go after Diggs for tackling him? Oh, I, no, 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 heaven no, 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 um, that, uh, the audience is not allowed on the field, plain and simple, the rule is there, it's in your ticket when you take a look at it, many of the tickets do not oh, yeah. do that, and uh, so you're fair game if a player goes after you, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and you know, honestly, if he got bet a thousand dollars and has to pay a five hundred dollar fine, he only got five hundred for doing that, which makes him an idiot. Ned, uh, thank you so much for doing this this morning, and I will see you tomorrow, sir. Yes, sir.